Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, it's Australia Month, where we watch exclusively Australian films. Except for this week, uh, where we watch a film from New Zealand. Yes, we reach across the Trans-Tasman Sea, we pick up a DVD case, and we bring it all the way back here. Uh, This week, we've dipped into the Taika Waititi bin once again. Um, We are watching his first feature film from back in 2007. It is Eagle vs. Shark. And as always, we are joined by someone who has seen the film before and someone who has not. Our guest who has not seen the film before, it's a happy new year to Tegan Mulvaney. Hello, hello. How are you doing, Tegan? Great. Really thrilled. Really excited. 2022. Nice company. 2022 yep. is too much, baby. Too much already. 2020 too much, baby. Ooh, lovely. Um, Get ready for more of those zingers. That's the mood I'm in today. Oh, brilliant. I'll just uh, turn that microphone down. There we go. Uh, Tegan, it's lovely having you back. Um, what do you know about Eagle versus Shark having not seen this film? Um... So I'm guessing it's not like um, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus or any of those. I don't believe films. so. No. All right. Surprisingly close and thematically. Oh, really? Mm. Great. So there's like a nuclear sub and a glacier. I don't want to give and, too much away. And a plane that gets eaten by a shark. That's... Have you seen this before? Oh, maybe I have. Maybe I'm getting this confused. Um, I'm expecting a lot of this. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, I love Taika Waititi films, so I also love him. And we'll marry him and break him and Rita Aura up. Okay. Piece by piece. Is that is that a New Year's resolution? That's it, that is that's a New Year's resolution. Okay. Um so I'm expecting an eagle and a shark and um and Jermaine Clement is what I'm expecting. Okay. That's that's fair. I, I also haven't seen this film. And that's pretty much all of my expectations as well. So, yeah, it's it should be fun. What, what's your favourite of Tyker's films, of the ones that you've seen? Um, Boy is delightful. Mm. Um, Ugly Cry. The, Boy, the the Maori Smurf. Yeah. Best thing in the entire world. Um, and Let's Get a Job Tipping Over Them Cows are the, my two of my favourite lines from any film ever. <laughs> um, and Jojo Rabbit sans Rebel Wilson. Okay. For, I, um, I'm 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 assuming I'm going to ugly cry in this one. Um, mm-hmm. I went and saw Jojo Rabbit at the cinema, which was a mistake because the people I went with were not that close of friends of mine, mm-hmm. and we had to sit there for 15 minutes while I collected myself after the film because mm-hmm. it made me cry so much. Are you better friends for the experience? Yes, we are. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Films bringing you together. Yeah, I do, it's it's they're so funny, but so beautiful. And so realistic as well. Like, you just, you, yeah, he's the best. Right. And he is my husband. He's your husband. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, I look forward to introducing you as Tegan Waititi when... <laughs> That's a good sounding name. It is. It, yeah, that rolls yeah. off the tongue. Tegan Waititi. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good, good. Well, luckily we have someone who has seen this film. It is Daniel Buckle. Happy New Year, Daniel. Happy New Year to you, Doctor. Uh, Daniel, you've seen this film. So in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what can you tell us about Eagle versus Shark? Uh it's it's quite stunning, Tegan. You kind of nailed it in one. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't want to say, but you just said it. So, um, no. This is it... why we should get married, he and I, because <laughs> I know his brain. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Um, uh, no, it's it's um it's a wonderful uh, rom com. Um, I I kind of 
um, feel like in a lot of ways it's the New Zealand um, Napoleon Dynamite, but better. Okay. I um, I do like Napoleon Dynamite. Me too. Um, didn't like it until the end dance scene. Mm. The whole film I was I was going, Ugh. but then the end dance scene happened, and I was like, I'm in, sold. Done. Is the your sleeves are real poofy? <laughs> <laughs> and now I love it. Yeah, mm. uh, but yeah, this this one's um, so funny and touching. There might be some crying, but it'll be beautiful it's crying, so nice. lovely tears, lovely tears, not mm. ugly crying. No, this will be tears we all want to watch. Yeah, I'm a snotty crier. I just so oh, me we'll too. just need um, some tissues. Just I'm just mm. letting you know. Mm. You cry like first through your nose, it's, and then it really the yeah, follow. it's it comes yeah. Mm. I'm and I, I I'm just trying to think what different types of crier there are because there's snotty crier, there's ugly crier, there's John crier, um, but I, I don't think I'm a snotty crier. Um, I, I I don't know that it's it, town crier. I a was town about crier. to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When I get sad. <laughs> <laughs> this film. Oh, beautiful! We do have a bell nearby. Yes. Excellent. So if anyone is a town crier, they can they can fully town cry, which is very. You know pleasing. how the next bit of this podcast is going to start. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> uh, so with all that being said, shall we watch Eagle versus Shark? I don't know. Should we? Yeah. Is that? What's it happening? would really suck if we didn't. Well, apparently, I've already seen it. Oh, let's go through the. All right, let's do it again. Yeah. Let's do it again. All right. Okay, for those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services. Get your tissues. Get And grab those tissues. Get snotty cryer. As we watch Eagle versus Shark. Welcome back, everybody. We've just finished watching Eagle vs. Shark. And by we, I, of course, mean uh, Daniel Buckle. Hello. And Tegan Mulvaney. Hello. Uh, Tegan, that was your first time watching it was. Eagle vs. Shark. Where's the you... bell? Oh, for the town cry. <laughs> well, this... I, thought, I thought you were starting with the bell. Well, this is what we need to know is, did it make you cry? Yes. It's official. We've got a town cry. <laughs> 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 Christmas. Yeah, Stan Buckle was not lying when he said he had a bell. It's a I, beauty. I don't joke about these things. No, that's no, serious. Do you often hear that you've got a, a, a your bell is a beauty, Dan? I, uh, it's been within the curve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, it's d- curved. Bell curve. <laughs> okay. Ah. I should check, Dan. Did it make you cry? Um, uh, almost. Oh, um, no bell. No bell for that. Yeah. Nobel Prize. Nobel for Prize that. for that. Well done. Um, so, yeah, all, all bell antics aside. Um, uh, well, not all of them. It may come back. Uh, Tegan, what, what are your thoughts on this film? It was not what I expected at all. Mm. I expected uh, much more laugh out loud humour for me, personally. Um, I didn't expect to loathe J- um, Jermaine Clement's character. Which mm. I found my oh, it was halfway through. I was just saying to Dan halfway through the film, I was like, "Oh, what am I going to say on the podcast?" Because <laughs> I am not comfortable with this film right now. Um, which was really interesting feeling to have because then I was still laughing and giggling at certain bits and pieces. Mm. It's super interesting. It's super beautifully shot, like all of Taika Waititi's films are. I love the way he uses like the mundane that is around to create 
these beautiful weird settings and stuff. Um, yeah, lots to think about. Yeah, I, I suppose starting off with um, with our protagonists who are Lily and Jared mm. um, is is maybe a good place to start because I I feel as though this film does does quite a good job of sort of balancing two very distinct storylines. Um, and it, it, it does feel like the first half of the film is more Lily's film than it is Jared's. Uh, but then it transitions, obviously, when we're in Jared's hometown. But I like how Lily's story was still present, if not the, the dominant story in the second yeah. half. But how Jared's story was developing was affecting her own development. Because Lily goes on quite a transformation from the start of the film to the end of the film mm. um and it's i think i wanted just yeah. i wanted more of lily's journey through lily's eyes like mm. we when we would jump out of her perspective that was the parts that became a little uncomfortable they were the parts where i was sitting and watching i was like am i watching a film where there's this really childish um emotionally uh damaged guy uh potential incel um behaving a certain way and then he's going to turn this charm around like is this going to be that film mm. that every rom-com seems to have as a uh, and it can't there's a little bit of that in there it, mm. but it did there was a there, it definitely did redeem itself and uh, from other aspects that they added to the film but he was an absolutely grotesque character mm. at times and I, that's where I was getting worried, where I was going, I don't know if I'm being positioned as a viewer to dismiss some of these horrific, <laughs> horrific character traits because mm. it's Jermaine and he's quirky and cute mm. and he has a dumb haircut. Do you know? It, that's yeah. what it felt like. Yeah. I mean, Dan, when, when did you last watch this film? Oh, um, I reckon eight, nine years ago, something like that. So mm. a fair, fair while ago. Yeah. And I'm wondering, as this is obviously a rewatching for you, um, did did you find any elements of Jared's character, your perspective on on Jared's character changing with this rewatching? Now it's eight nine years on. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, my memory of it, and even when we started, I was like, oh yeah, it's it's such a such a beautiful fun start rom rom com. Yeah. Um, uh, really really sweet. Um, because I remember, uh, yeah, I remember. Jared like having a really awful upbringing and stuff, but then rewatching it again, it's like, well, that that doesn't excuse his behaviour, mm. and he doesn't get his comeuppance in pretty much anything. Um, and I remembered right at the end, my first watch, I was surprised that they got together. I thought the whole film was sort of leaning towards, yeah, they wouldn't get together, they'd they'd be you know all right and and come to peace with each other, but but yeah they wouldn't end up yeah. as a couple mm. as they did. I think, it, and like, the idea, Lily's story is so, and Lily is the character, the character is so beautiful mm. to see her never change who she is as a person but lose her naivety. Mm. So losing her naivety never means that she becomes, when he says you never complain, she still never complains through the whole film. Yeah. But she, but she grows as a person. And it's like that was so it was diminished at the end when then they when they get they stay together. It was just like the last it was a the little thing for me that made me go, 
oh, I was almost back on track with you. Mm. Um, you know what? It's a male writer and a male director, so it's hard to write for that. Yeah. For that. I, I know that there's... Um, there was a, a woman who helped create a story just from looking through the, the well, credits and things. Well, it was, it was her. It was yeah. Lauren Horsley who plays yeah, Lily. Because her, her and Tyka were in a relationship at the time. Mm. And so they co-devised this story together. I think the, it, it originated from Lily's... Sorry, Lauren's concept of this Lily character. Mm. And kind of she was sort of the progenitor of it. Her and uh, Tyka developed the story. And then obviously he was the writer-director. Yeah. And I... I I would agree largely where my feeling watching it was as the film goes on, you see that how Jared is, is more and more that he's choosing to to stay that way. That's mm. right. And, 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 it, yeah. and you understand, like, I, I love that they show the way the family is and that it's not perfect and it's unpleasant and mm. he has, it's not overly terrible, but he has, you know, and but he's lying and there's, there's, his choices to lie and those sort of things have now become ingrained in him. Hmm. I I feel like there's so much more growth and satisfaction in an ending if they're not together in a hmm. film like this because hmm. then the growth that he's had from getting to know this girl and seeing seeing her at the party and just seeing her be her be this beautiful person who's out of herself, who's hmm. free spirited. Great sequence. It's hmm. beautiful. And the, the the words coming down, but mm. they come down positive. Or the mm. lilies coming down, and and but it's it's from a positive perspective because people are calling her name because they love her instead mm. of resenting her. I. It's like sh- him seeing that is enough for him to change his perspective on how mm. he wants to live his life. Yeah. Um, he doesn't need her. It, it makes her still be needed by someone from a female perspective, mm. particularly one who's bloody dating at the moment mm, as well yeah. you it like you, you you do sit back and you go oh just got to watch out for those guys that that just need need the mm. the maternal figure in their lives that mm. need the per- they need that um and that was a bit too real yeah. i think maybe for me mm. um but 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 also like as as someone who is not dating men like jared currently from from my perspective what not currently. Have you told Jared? Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, watching it, I, I had a very similar reaction in terms of this character has a lot of troubles. I really liked that he was there at the bus stop at the end. Yes. I almost feel as though the film should have ended on after he gave her the flowers. And they just were like smiling and they were like, oh, this is nice. And there was that connection. If it had ended there without then seeing them on the bus, I actually think you you get... A better ending. I'd love the bus driving away with... So I'd love him being there, giving her the flowers, mm. her getting on the bus happily mm-hmm. and leaving and him being happy with his family. Like, yeah. Yeah. that that's the moment that I think is important. We, we don't get any of those moments that we want with him and his family to... Yeah. To love each other, yeah, yeah. They don't, they don't really have any redeeming moments. No, except for even that one part, the part eagle part. Dad, but then he yeah. starts beating up the the guy in the yeah, wheelchair, yeah. so we lose sort of it ruined. again. It, like that. That's that's kind of what I mean. That's where mm, I go. Yeah. Oh, that could have been the that could have been a moment. And mate, if that moment hadn't had him then smack <laughs> trying to smack up a guy in a wheelchair, <laughs> I might have been okay with the relationship. Yeah, with them getting on the bus together. But because of that choice, I'm like. No, he is 
there is too much personal growth that this character needs to do. And it shouldn't be on Lily to and, provide And it. yes, yeah. and this is, we are relying on Lily to do this for this mm. character. I, I think if it had been a cutaway and we didn't know who got on the bus, I, I think that for me that would have been a nice cleaner ending because if you like the ending as it currently is, that's probably what you have imagined. If you would have preferred the the tegan scenario of she goes home and he stays mm. and connects with his family you fill in those blanks yourself i i the the one thing that the ending does offer is that he plays the horse game i know yeah and, it's and, just about to say that yeah and yeah. it's it's a subtle way of going of of showing that he has he is now comfortable within himself yeah that he when he's called this game stupid yeah and it, it's almost like it's it's showing that it, even though he is is definitely not a redeemed character he is on his way uh, like yeah. if, if, if it, it leaves it for me at least I, I felt it left me with a bit of hope that this is someone who is going to get better because because the thing is is we all know people like jared I, 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 or at least people that exhibit behavior like that where yeah. it's they're very we do we also know people like lily who we try as female friends to be like break up with them yeah <laughs> leave them alone yeah please yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's it's a fascinating story it's, though, yeah. um, and I, I think it's quite interesting that a lot of the rom commy elements they kind of get out of the way very quickly, um, with, with you know meeting at the party, he's dressed as an eagle, she's dressed as a shark, they have the video game tournament uh, thing, and it, th- that felt quite both idealistic and realistic at the same time, where the the way the party was portrayed was. It's not a great party. I don't no. think a lot of people are having a good time. But for Lily, and from Lily's perspective, where she's clearly in love with this tall, dark, brooding, mulleted stranger that in in that comes to her fast food shop, comes to the meaty boy. Um, it it does feel like it. It's like it. It's kind of like an interesting meet cute where it's you yeah. know like. And then we we address these animals, and then we play the video game tournament, and then he showed me his wallet watch. And then we kiss, you know, that kind of thing. There's ninja stars on the wall. Yeah. Oh, so Dan, who is this? That... Uh, look, I don't keep my ninja stars on the wall. Uh, I keep them in a drawer uh, wrapped in beeswax. No, I don't. As they should be kept. <laughs> Safe keeping. It, it did feel like it was trying to subvert the rom-com thing yes. and got it out of the way early and being like, ah, oh, this is a classic rom-com. Look how, how perfect these two weirdos are together. And then going, ah, yeah. oh, but it, it's actually, these are all red flags for a reason. Yeah. And yeah. then it kind of, yeah, cops out a little at the end. That's what I, yes, that's, mm. that's the feeling. Like, the, yeah, it was, um, which is really clever when it comes to a writing perspective. And, you know, Boy does that as well. He mm. does that in a lot of his films. Um, Hunt for the Wilder People does it too. Like yeah. there is always that kind of you're sitting in a place of comfort and you're enjoying these characters, and then all of a sudden you go, "Oh, hang on, I'm I'm confused here." Like mm. he writes beautiful characters like that. Like mm. I think this establishes establishes that so well. Mm. Um, it's like he was Na- Jared. I wrote if Napoleon Dynamite and Gareth from The Office had a baby. Oh, interesting. That's yeah. Jared. Yeah. And then they moved to the yeah. North Island. Yeah. So that's interesting. Because like, he's got that kind like of that, like yeah. tactical army sort of, I want to mm. fight everything sort of thing. I was like, mm. yeah, you're Gareth from the office. Yeah. I, I also really liked that even though Jared's behaviors and actions are never, they're never shown to be justifiable. The reason he's doing them, they're explained. 
the fact is is that he's never dealt with the death of his brother and yeah. the fact that his brother who was a high achiever and pride of the family who then committed suicide mm. and none of the family have particularly dealt with it very well obviously we see with um with jared's father who is in a wheelchair a lot of the time but it seems to be more psychosomatic than than mm. him actually not being able to maneuver uh, properly um but like the fact is his dad's still watching videos of his his son winning races and all of the achievements are still up on the wall but the fact is is that jared has never i think is you know there was there was a big shining star in the family and jared wasn't it and then for that person to take their own life is is quite hard to comprehend mm. and i think that jared has just not had any aiding in that comprehension I think jared's decision is that he has to replace that role yeah he has to be that because you can just see where everyone has been stunted mm. everyone has stopped growing mm. at that point and it feels like like when you go into all of the stuff with the the ex-girlfriend or the ex-fiance of mm. of his brother mm. he's like oh once he gets back it's not about beating up this guy it's also about oh they need I need to be the achiever now so I need to be the brother like that was really interesting and a very childish view Uh, like again uh, that lack of emotional intelligence maybe he has that's that's where the sweetness comes out he just does it in all the wrong ways it's Mm. interesting because it's like um, they're they're tied up in their own little loops like um, his dad blaming himself for his son committing suicide because he was pushing him so hard to succeed and yet he was also so proud of his success. Mm. And so that's just like tying into a a little cycle of pain. And then even if Jared was to step into that role, that would only only make things worse. Mm. But but of course he never can. Mm. And and the fact that Jared, from, from my reading at least, breaks up with Lily because his dad doesn't approve of her. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what it felt like was the reason for that breakup. Well, that no, I, that's yeah. what he thinks because yeah. then the ex-fiance walks in and everyone's so in love with her yeah. and, and, and so he's, he's like, like I, I need she to needs that. to be good yeah. at something. Yeah. Yeah. And, we, I, need to, mm. I need to go to the toilet. That's okay. <laughs> Hang on a sec. Let me just announce it. Uh, she's going to the toilet. Hey. Oh, Sorry, here pee, here pee. Here pee, here pee. Tegan's bladder will be empty soon. Here pee, here pee. I'm really glad that mm. you um, insisted on setting up the mic in the toilet as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, um, in fact, we'll cut to that now. Dear Taika Waititi, I'm in the toilet because I'm allergic to Waiti. So when we go out, let's have a stout. But I love you, Taika Waititi. Oh, Tegan. <laughs> Dan, while, while I've got you alone during this toilet break, um, I am really curious to know what you thought about um, the the sort of supporting cast of characters that, that we mm. had. So obviously there was uh, Nancy, um, his uh, Jared's sister with the tracksuit and her, her husband. They're actually, it needs to be said, really good tracksuits. Yeah, like... I don't know if that means fashion has gotten worse, but I was watching them and going, you know, what? I'd wear the one that they gave to Damon, her brother. Yeah, and the one that she wore to the party, uh, that Lily wore to the party. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, no, they worked well. Um, and and Damon as well. Ah, um, oh, such a lovely, wonderful character. Mm. Um, I I did want to see more 
um, about his and Lily's backstory because uh, it's it's talked about a little bit, but mm. I, I would have liked to have heard or maybe seen a bit more because mm. um, he, yeah, they they kind of used him as a little balm to a lot of the horrible things that ended up happening and then you'd just flash back to him and they'd be having a conversation over the phone, he and Lily, and it would just make you so happy just to see her happy. I was really worried that he died. Oh God! Because no, Stephen, that because, would have been too much. Because well, it was. I don't know if it's just I've been watching a lot of films with like that sort of imagery, yeah, right. but like the safety grass, I was like, that's cute, but oh, oh God! And then like the the flowers in the garden of Eric's house. Now they were lilies, weren't they? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I know is her name, but also are like the, the, the death, death flower. flower. Oh. So I was reading into... Oh, like, my goodness. And then she couldn't, couldn't get in touch with him on the phone. And this I was, makes sense. And I was like, oh, no, he's had a car crash and she doesn't know. Oh, shit. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it'd be a car crash on the way back from dropping her yeah. at the place where she got dumped. Yeah. That's so sad. So so when he he called her or when she had that phone call with him, I was like, oh, okay, Damon's fine. He can wow. still draw his little cartoon dogs. Uh, you've stunned me. That would have been a terrifyingly sad place for the film to go. Yeah. Um, but also kind of appropriate. I think feel like they it, could I, have done that. I think having watched some of Tyker's later stuff, um, it's it's done that to me. Boy is a film which... I still uh, haven't seen it. I really love. Yep. But it's also the film that had made me really... Probably the saddest after watching a film out of any of the films we've done on this program. Wow. Um, That's saying something because you've you've done Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I've also done Downfall, uh, which oh, I still haven't seen that. Uh, uh, ooh. Let's <laughs> talk about other films on this one. <laughs> yes. Um, but 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 I, I feel as though that the elements that that are in this film, which then appear in some of Tyker's later stuff, I feel like if he'd made this film a few years later, we might have seen uh, Damon not make it through the film. Yeah, right. Um, You've got to be death happy. Yeah. Mm. Or, or more just that playing around with those elements of like pain and loss are mm. interesting. But then again, there was already a lot of it in the film. Yeah. Well, you asked about the supporting characters and it, it seems like everyone... you talking without me while I went to the toilet? No. You cut me from this whole podcast. We were just making fart noises. Is this yeah. what happened? We, 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 we initially... Oh, yeah, we're still going. I'm so offended. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were just mostly talking about Damon. The, oh, uh, he's the best. Mm. Really sweet. And Stephen thought that it was all pointing to Damon dying. There, there, yeah, when the phone... You got that as well? Yeah, when the phone... Went, I'm, yeah. I'm so glad I didn't. That would have that would have destroyed me. Mm. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't too. It feels like maybe that was a plot point that was in there at some point, mm. and then they took it out. Interesting. Just the way with like all the phone calls and stuff. It was yeah. like, I wonder if that's a plot point at some point. Yeah. It's gone. But it wasn't in the end, so... No. Uh, and good. probably good. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it. It is a very bittersweet story with a lot of emphasis on the bitter. Uh, but I feel as though this this is then elevated by some of the choices they make. Um, the the animation sequences with the sort of mm. stop motion Apple and Apple Core images, and also the sleeping bag chase. That was cute. That was wonderful and would have been very fun and then very awful to film, I bet. I was just thinking mm. how many times they would have had to have gotten up, moved mm. a little bit, gotten back down. And I was like, Ugh. I bet they mm. just had people dragging Drag, them. Yeah. I, I hope so. Because, I mean, not for the people that were dragging them because then they were also having a... a, a dragging Jermaine Clement around <laughs> yeah. a cliff. I do. 
I wouldn't mind actually. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, yeah, but I thought the animation sequences were quite nice. Um, and thematically appropriate for this sort of film. Yeah, um, I I really liked them on second um, watch uh, because they were all. Um, this was before the age of Forky, of course, they, but they were all trash. All the things like a discarded thong, mm. like a, a, a messy little beach and stuff, and the apples and apple core. Um, but um, it was kind of like the trash mingling together, which I thought was was quite nice thematically. Not that Lily's trash. Lily's amazing. Mm. And the other thing which um, we sort of all commented on at the end of the film was the music, yeah. um, which had some really impressive covers of things like Let's Dance. Um, but I also really liked her writing the song and the guitar at the beginning. Apple the, and Tangerine. Yeah. Mm. That was beautiful. And then having it sung by somebody else yeah. um, mm. over scenes with her and Jared. But it yeah. felt like that was her um, idealizing both the song that she'd written and the relationship at the same time. Yeah. It was so cool. I, I really, really liked that. And it then it set the tone for the film. And um, I, I know you're a sucker for Bowie, um, yes. Tegan, as indeed is Dan, and as indeed am I. Um, but that but that last dance cover was really, really mm. gorgeous. It yeah, changed it. the... It just cha- changed the song. It changed the feeling for it. It was just, yeah. And the joke that it was tied into where she just mm. wasn't going <laughs> to say the right word... Yeah. I thought that was, yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I, I thought it was a, that cover particularly was quite emblematic of the whole the whole story between yeah. them. Just like that sad romance. Mm, yeah. We haven't talked about the best part of the whole film, mm. which is when the housemate puts the helmet on and everyone oh. throws their shoes <laughs> at him. Yep, you're right. We, we almost completely missed that. I'm um, sorry, but how did everyone else not write that in their notes? Oh. That was... I was laughing too Incredible. much at the time that I didn't write <laughs> I love it down. How short the scene it is. He goes, yeah, he goes. Now, what time is it? Yeah, all right. Now it's time for my game. Helmet on, pinging these shoes, and it just goes like um, Jared's talking to Lily. They he makes some comment. Goes, yep, yeah, yep, you're pretty good. But it takes it, it it takes more than more, sweet moves. More than sweet moves to beat the the master or something, and then just he gets his shoe off and goes. <laughs> throws it at this guy there's a lot of good throwing jokes because that seagull that got killed by that rock oh, by lily yeah um was the, maybe the funniest bit of the whole film for me <laughs> uh, and it was in kind of a sad breakdown moment for her and mm. um which which is most of the second half of the film now i think about it but um yeah there's the, just those lovely little moments i really love the care and attention they put into fighter man the video game oh, like so having all of those like recreations of a mortal combat game where they're all clearly it's actors they've got to like dress up as these crappy so characters that's one of my notes yeah that i've written down because like i said i'm dating at the moment mm-hmm. and i've been on tinder and my way of when i chat with boys because i like nerds is to casually throw in that i play video games mm-hmm. and so when she was like nailing it at yeah, those yeah. games i was <laughs> like that's um again very very true to home where i'm like mm. yeah i just got the new far cry 6 and um loving it mm. uh just uh yeah getting some uh shooting some peggies uh, from far cry 5 like <laughs> yeah i've just uh, upgraded senu for like <laughs> is that the voice you use when you talk yeah that's the one i do it's, it's how I, that's what's happening in my head while i'm typing these on tinder messages mm. yeah. on like all these messengers 
It, um, it, I will it, never, ever I'm s- recommend that my Tinder dates listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> Until this. They're the, just the, going to find it yeah. when they Google search my name like everyone does creepily. Yeah. Um, can my name not be Tegan Mulvaney for this one? Well, it's going to try and be uh, Tegan Waititi. Was yeah. Yes. Tegan Waititi, please. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Tygan Waititi. Tygan Waititi. Um, <laughs> might be a bit of a personal question, but I'd like to sort of ask both of you. Uh, sure. I, I'm a married man, and that means I know nothing about romance anymore. Uh, or spe- <laughs> more specifically, like, I, I missed the entire age of apps for dating. Um, when when I started dating uh, Ellen, it was that, that stuff was just about to happen, and so I've missed it. Uh, and I'm I feel like I'm very glad to have missed it, but I am curious. Does, I'm going to try to tie it into the film as well. Does yeah. does this film change your perspective on relationships? Um, because obviously, uh, Tegan, you are uh, currently single and ready to play Far Cry 6. Um, <laughs> and uh, Dan, I know you're in a relationship at the moment, but um, it's... Like that, that sounded so ominous. But you to say at the moment. Uh, <laughs> I have much. a letter here. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and she's here today. <laughs> no, but I, I also know that it's you know without revealing all of your life information on a podcast <laughs> without asking you first. I know that it's a relationship that has started in the last twelve months. I'm just going to put that time window out there. Um, how, how has this film sort of changed your? Or has it changed your opinion of? Romances, or has it reinforced anything in you that you already held about love and its imperfections? Uh, you go first. Oh, well, um, what you guys were saying just as the film ended of you, you thought, ah, it's a perfect film of, of that, that period. Um, when did you say like early, early 2000s? Early 2000s. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, thinking more on that as we've gone on, um, yeah, I think I agree. Because it, yeah, it unfortunately, to a lesser degree, I think, than some of the rom-com films out there, particularly around that era, it, it kind of romanticizes a lot of the red flags mm. and mm. seeing it in a, in a modern context. Um, yeah, and remembering how surprised I was, I forgot that they got together at the end. Mm. Um, and yeah, so remembering my first reaction to it as well was, yeah, surprised that, that he got away with all of his bullshit. Mm. Um, mm. And yeah, I, I, I guess it's kind of a, a nice little reminder of, um, no, that's bad. That's not right. There's no excuse for his behavior. He has all these chances to redeem himself and he he chooses not to. Mm. He gets close and then keeps turning away. And yeah, um, she's worth so much more. Mm. Yeah, that, I agree. I think that's, from that, from like the female perspective, I guess on something like that, there is uh, it's and it is uh, something that is popularized by rom coms and by um, culture that we have is that the women look after and save the mm. damaged men, mm. and the damage is need to, needs to be accepted and the woman mm. will may not change it but they will accept it and they will guide them through it and i just i find that bullshit now so i, I that's what i was mm. watching that film and getting to a point where i was getting really concerned because my concern was like 
I would wouldn't think that someone who I admire as much as Taika Waititi would have that sort of mentality, which I don't think he does. I think this film doesn't doesn't show that I, mm. I, until the ending. And it's not done to a point where I'm mad about it, but it is done to a point where I go, he's, we've had no, we've, we've had three minutes between him punching a guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> with nunchucks. With nunchucks. <laughs> yeah. To, um, to her stopping him from jumping off a cliff potentially or, you know, or whatever he, you know, or having a sad about it because he's realized he's a loser and then meeting her at the bus stop with lilies. Like it was not enough time mm. with no, um, this part, and this I don't mind necessarily, but aside from him calling himself a loser, that was the only insight we got into how he felt about himself. Mm. Mm. Um, which is very more believable because I don't think he'd be a character that would say that would then have this open spiel, which would be the trope from the, you know, like a, a rom-com about I'm a loser and I miss my, I, I'm the, the family hates me. And, you know, I just want to replace him. We don't need to, cause we've been shown all of that. Yeah. And he so, kind of made fun of that sort of a thing. Exactly. Part, exactly. Anyway. So that's, so that's fine. But I, yeah, I guess from like a dating perspective, there's so many red flags in it now and they're red flags that women still go, we'll save you. There's this, there's a savior thing that chicks want to do. I can fix him. I can fix. It's the, yeah, yeah, it's Mm. the total, I can fix him bullshit that happens. And we can't romanticize that anymore. Mm. We still do in rom-coms. I love, I wrote a couple of other ones like I love these films where you get misfits that meet up and fall in love. Like mm. um, my, one of my favorite films of all time is Punch Drunk Love, mm. which is two. It's Adam Sandler and Emily Watson, and they Emily Watson. Yes, she's not Hermione, is she? That's Emma Watson. That's Emma Watson. I always get confused. <laughs> yes, Emily Watson, and they are. He's the massive misfit with a whole bunch of problems, but he's but then. There's a whole bunch of love in this man. Like that story for me is perfection when it comes to this stuff. Mm. There was a film called Griff the Invisible that was released. It's an Australian film. It was released um, 13 years ago um, with Ryan Quanton in it. And he's a guy who believes he's a superhero and wants to be a superhero. But he's a big nerd. He's just like, just like Jared on this. Mm. And then finds his misfit. And there's a gentleness to those stories that I that are stunning Napoleon Dynamite is a classic example of that Mm. Mm. I think Napoleon has enough redeeming qualities he's got enough empathy and earnestness to understand why he would be endearing to another character and as far as I could call he doesn't do anything anywhere near as bad as Jared he does throw Tina's ham not at her no he doesn't do anything bad at all Mm -hmm. remember he goes Tina come get your ham Stupid llama. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty bad. Mm. So that's that was a very long-winded spiel, but that's what it felt like watching it. So at the end of that, I kind of went again. I really enjoy the how he writes a film, but I I'm out coming out of it going, oh, Mm. I I feel a bit disappointed. Mm. How much would the if the ending had been? 
they don't end up together in one shape or form. It would have. How much would that have changed your opinion? Um, it probably would have. When we get to the scoring, it probably would have added one to one and a half more stars yeah, right. to my scoring. Mm. I would I like think. to know whether that was a, an ending that was like pressured for it to be possibly because it, yeah. it, it feels like yeah it's subverting subverting and then right at the end fitting into place. feels like the graduate and then when he says oh, interesting and then when he mm. says horse it, like the, the horse part i went i felt i smiled mm. because that was sweet but i was it, it, when they're first just sitting in the bus i'm like it's like i'm watching the end of the graduate mm. interesting comparison mm. yeah um yeah I, I, it's interesting again because i the main thing it made me feel is very glad that i no longer I'm dating people um, <laughs> or trying to, but that was sort of the, the only reaction I had because I, I guess I was, I just found it very, I, I suppose like you, Tegan, initially I really wanted this to work. Mm. And then about halfway through, I went, no, Lily doesn't need this. Yeah. She, she really doesn't. And yeah. Which I, I think are all conscious choice. I love yeah. that they're the conscious choices. I have not lost any respect for Taika Waititi. Or love. Mm. Uh, well, I lost. Let's not go there. Um, <laughs> uh, for Taika Waititi, n- no mm. respect lost because you can see that those are conscious choices. Yeah. Um, and it, it is just, it is a beautifully crafted film. Yes, and it I think is stunning. E- yes. Even if the, the resolution to the story is not satisfactory to you, dear listener, if you've watched this one, um, it's, it's, it's still so much to admire about this film um so, so much put together that that's fabulous and you can and you can see how much of it how it's the start of how he makes his films there's mm. so much of boy and hunt for the wood people just the way shots are created and made and mm. um you it's really cool to see where he started yeah with it, this. Yeah. i love i love that that was really exciting mm. that was a really exciting part of yeah. watching this film would you guys like some trivia about Eagle versus Shark? Yeah. Sure. Hang on. Is it from IMDb? Uh, all of it is from IMDb. So if it's Thank not true, God. don't blame me. That's the only place I'll accept trivia from. Mm. Okay. Taika Waititi made Jermaine Clements and Lauren Taylor wear shoes that were too big so that they would be more clumsy. <laughs> oh, nice. Which is kind of a nice detail. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of Jared's friends at the fight man competition with the pig mask challenges Lily but loses. He bursts out with the, the F-bomb yeah. uh, loudly. Um, that's not him saying it, though. That's Taika Waititi's voice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure why they made that decision. Maybe... Cause with, with the, was the boy a, a boy? A minor? No, um, no, he was a... No, that was the guy... The guy in the pig mask pig, was... Pig um, head. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, the, the one who was sort of helping organise the tournament. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but I guess maybe Taika was like, no, I need to say a word in this film and it's going to be the F-bomb, maybe. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, the script was... I wor- wish it was, piss off, ghost. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll get that later. Um, the script was workshopped at the exclusive uh, Sundance Directors and Screenwriters Labs. So maybe this is where the ending right. comes from. Uh, in January 2005, Taika Waititi attended the Sundance Screenwriters Lab to workshop a feature project. Um, that one was called Choice, and he was again selected in July 2005 to attend the Directors Lab, uh, where they tuned up Eagle versus Shark. Uh, it was the first time a writer or director had been chosen to workshop two different projects at Sundance in the same year. So they obviously my, saw... Oh, my husband is so yeah. talented. Yes, must be so proud, Mrs. Waititi. <laughs> Please call me Tygen. Tygen. 
<laughs> After Lily's monologue um, at the beginning of the film, there is a poster promoting the Meat Boy, uh, Meaty Boy restaurant um, featuring a guy holding a burger while kissing a girl. The couple in this poster is Lauren Taylor's real life sister uh, and her boyfriend. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Which I just thought was a really nice, a nice so in the family thing. In the original version of the script, Jared had a nine-year-old son that he'd left behind with the family. But uh, Taika Waititi was really impressed by Morag Hills, who plays um, Vinny in, in the film, uh, that he changed the character to be a girl so that she could play the role. She was great. Yeah, yeah. really, really good. Yeah. And I, What do girls like? Socks! <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the dancing when um, the teenage boy is playing <laughs> yeah, the guitar yeah, yeah. and she's just looking at Lily and doing the little eye movement dances. Yeah, I, I had, a, I had a, a bit of a problem as well with not knowing anything about her and that kind of being almost an abandoned plot line. But then I feel like she redeemed it with her just awesome dancing. But I, also feel, it, I also feel like it reflects on the fact that because it's not important to Jared, it shows... Oh, yeah. That yeah, he's not true. a good person in some yeah. respects, where he's like, it was a one-off thing. Don't you even do, care. I might be speaking out of turn here, but you, you know, you do have the, you do have Maori culture there as well, where mm. um, Maori culture is everyone raises the family, so she's she is still being looked after by her auntie, mm. who is in fact who would who would mm. tie in as her mum. Aunties are mums. Mums are everyone is family. Okay. So mm. um, that, that's a fair point. It may not have been mm. such an issue. I don't know because yeah. I'm super white. But I maybe so I might be talking out of turn, but that might be why it was not like a, a as outrageous yeah, because right. she's not been abandoned necessarily. She's with the right people. She's mm. being looked after by the family that I needs mean, to look after her. I, I don't think she'd be thriving if it was just no. Jared looking no. after her. So yeah, maybe for the best. Yes. Uh, Miranda Manasadis, who plays one of the Meaty Boy staff, um, is Jermaine Clement's wife. Oh, that's so again, great. Like family affair. They had um, was she, she the long blonde hair? So I think she may have been Jenny. Yeah, right. Yeah, Jenny. Yeah. Mm. yeah, which mm. makes it even funnier if that is the case Indeed, of her going. Yeah. Nah, I'm not going to that stupid party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, Jermaine Clements was advised not to buff up uh, for this role. Um, so. Because obviously they were going to have lots of him being topless, uh, preparing for the fight with Eric. I'm always advised not to buff up for my roles. Yeah. Um, so instead, he was told to eat ice cream. But you've got, you've just got such a masculine. <laughs> yeah, that's feeling. why they say just mm. don't, don't add more to the already perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't overstack the rig. I think <laughs> is, is, is what they say. Uh, but yes, he was told to eat ice cream, and um, wow. And yeah, obviously they attempted to make his training regimes as ridiculous as possible. So he did no physical training at all, um, and they just sort he of still looks threw him into the ocean. Pretty buff though. Like he's his yeah. arms. Mm. I got to think for arms. He's still got arms that I'm like, bam. Like yeah. yeah. If that was on a Tinder profile, maybe hello. nailed that dive through the rolling um, that hoop. Was so hoop. Funny. He, he yeah. actually did. I mean, it was I was like, oh, that's actually pretty. Props good. where it's deserved. Yeah. Um, yeah, all in all, a really interesting film. And um, yeah, just, just a lot to think about. I think on the drive home, I'll be doing a lot of, hmm, thinking about it. Uh, but now comes the time where we score the film. And uh, Tegan, uh, yes. it is your, your first uh, time watching this film. So I'd like to know, what would you give Eagle vs. Shark out of 10? I, like I said, um, about the ending and some of the... Some of those choices that are just off point, 
I that that lowers my score a little bit. Um, I was thinking about it when I went for a wee earlier, and you two kept talking, and it's going to be a part of this whole podcast where I'm not talking in it because I went for a wee, guys, and they mm-hmm. kept going. Oh yeah, so we, that's how they know I we am. rang a bell about this it. This is the patriarchy, right? <laughs> this is what happened. That's right. You did the P bell, didn't yeah. you? P-E-P-E. Yeah. P E P E. Um, I'm giving it six and a half. Damon's Ford lasers out of 10. Mm, that was a nice touch. It was beautiful. Yeah. What about Damon? He's got a, he's got a car. It's mm. a Ford laser. Mm. Oh, you're a legend, Damon. So cool. Uh, what about yourself, Daniel? What would you give this film out of 10? Mm, yeah. Um, gosh, I'm still, still digesting. Um, yeah, I think out of... Hmm, no, I've, I've had a few experiences lately where I've rewatched some old films and gone, ah, cool, context... Yep. <laughs> mm. Hindsight's wonderful. And uh, uh, I reckon had that, I'm gesticulating wildly, by the way, had that ending been, they didn't get it's together. Disgusting, by the way. The gesticulating. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm making obscene gestures. Um, <laughs> I reckon had they gotten not gotten together, um, then I would have given it like an eight. Same. That's what, Yes. Yes. Um, mm, I, I still really loved a whole bunch of it. I really want to know whose idea it was to have them get together. And mm. Mm, yeah, really want to know that. I'm going to have to go with like, I, mm, no, I, I think a seven. I'm going to have to go with a seven. Um, do the, do the Robert Woods mm, rating. About a seven. It. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I still really loved the the cinematography the casting yeah. like they did so well everyone um the music the animations yeah i really loved it it's a hard one to score like i was mm. like i said when i was weighing i was like do i give this a six and a half or a seven because i feel like a seven is that yeah it's all of that appreciation is there but i i haven't left this film feeling there's a, like the feeling in my stomach is that contemplative feeling of mm. the, I need to digest this as opposed to when I've seen other films of his where I'm either, like I said, inconsolable or there is some, or I just feel joy or there's like an emotional, I'm carrying some emotional sort of, um, I don't know, what's the word? Emotion, emotional. Wait. Wait. Mm. After watching these films, mm. I don't have that. I just have a feeling of a bit of discombobulation. So that's why I was like 6.5. Mm. I I really enjoyed watching this film. Um, and I do think it, it continues the trend that I don't think I've watched a film by Taika Waititi that hasn't really grabbed me. Mm. Um, I, 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 I still think Boy, for me, is... is the, the best film that he's made mm. um but but they're all good uh, they're all good films like hunt for the wilder people is is gorgeous in its own way and and this as a first feature film is pretty impressive fantastic. incredible yeah. Yeah. incredible debut and yeah. Ju- yeah and seeing how how he puts those pieces together you yeah. just go you're it's, a genius he is an mm. absolute mm. filmmaking and screenwriting genius mm. Mm. handsome too it should be well, said. Well, it hits my husband. Yeah. Um, but don't I talk do- about my husband like that. Yeah. Don't I, look at him. Don't I look at him. I, I don't want to look him. Just touch him. Don't touch him. No. 
I, I do feel as though um, that there are a couple of things which um, age this film slightly, but because uh, I don't know if this film is being made by a Taika Waititi equivalent today as their first film. I don't know if elements like them getting together at the end of the bus wouldn't mm. be there um, because I feel as though the audiences are largely more, I suppose, going down the path that you would have had a reading-wise, yeah. uh, Tegan. Um, but it's it's still very well made um, and beautifully balanced. So I'm going to give it seven and a half out of ten um town cries yeah nice. you, you gave me a prop i i have to use it i completely forgot to do an object out of ten do it yeah. now Great. yeah um change it uh okay it. yep i'm gonna give it um about seven um oh no i can't think of one long shoes that's yeah, that's that's track suits. yeah no, i like that seven track suits out of ten excellent mm. Uh, those, the, those tracksuits were great. Yeah, legitimately good. We just want to watch. Yeah, we just, just yeah. gorgeous. Uh, as indeed, this film is gorgeous, but maybe hasn't aged well. Uh, mm. Maybe is where we're at. Uh, but that brings us to the end of this review. So, uh, Tegan Waititi, Daniel Buckle, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. You're very welcome. Thank you, Doctor. Thanks for having us. And for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening in. Um, it's Australia Month, as you can tell by our New Zealand film. Um, so It's what we do. It's what we do. If you want to uh, find out what's going to be uh, reviewed next week, you can subscribe to the program and it'll just turn up wherever your podcasts land. If you've got a little podcast uh, airport where they, they land at different times and then you listen to them and then they take off into your mind. Um, you no, can... You, COVID. Oh, yeah, true. Down. Okay. Um, you can... Fine. They'll just come by the internet then, I guess. Yeah. Uh, subscribe. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, can, you can get them there uh, each and every week. We also have the Patreon um, where there's lots of bonus goodies. You can Go join on, make up something funny about the Patreon then. That oh, we can uh, just, there's going to be uh, lots of bell content this month. It's just... Top 10 bells in films. Ah, so you got to hit that bell and subscribe. You do. Ah. Uh, And you can also join us at patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast. For as little as a dollar a month, you can get bonus content, which may or may not feature bells. If you like it, you better get a ring on it. Daniel, you beautiful man. Uh, Just for you, I'm going to tell you we have a Facebook page. Uh, You can uh, look for the Cinema Catch-Up Club and you can get news and updates from the page there. Sly! (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, we finish for this week. Thank you all very much for listening. And until next time, goodbye! See ya. Goodbye! Goodbye. The podcast be finished! Turn off lights. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.